Zeros. Thanks for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that wants you to know this is our most special sword. I'm your host, Joe, and I have with me two agents of Damocles to talk to you about the movie Polar. We've got Corey. The podcast where the fun continues tomorrow. Okay. That's, yeah, I get it. All right. That's chalk. <laughs> and sequel. The podcast I likes dogs with human names. <laughs> My other one was the podcast that doesn't need a dog. <laughs> so close. Yeah. So like I said, Polar is the movie we're here to talk to you about. It's a Netflix movie. But first, we watch other things. So, sequel, what'd you watch? I watched three movies this week. I watched a movie called Proof of Life. So I listened to this podcast called The Rewatchables. They review a rewatchable movie every week. They've gone back as far as the 70s. They've done movies in the 80s. So this is the only one they've done that I've never seen before. So I rented it. And it's not good. Is it not rewatchable? It's it's a cliche early two thousands action movie. Cool concept, but just like not. It sounds familiar. Really I'm well. not sure it's because it's the title is so generic, or yes. I've actually heard of it. Meg Ryan and um, Russell Crowe. No. So Meg Ryan's husband gets kidnapped. They uh, live down in South Africa. And she's... Is Russell Crowe the husband? No. It's Damn it. David Krause is the husband, I believe, and uh, he's a. Uh, Designing a dam for this, like, poor village in South America. But he's doing it to help the people, but he works for an oil company, and they're doing it to advance their pipeline. So he gets kidnapped because he works for an oil company, and they think he has a lot of money. And Russell Crowe is, like, an international hostage negotiator. Yeah, classic. Most of the movie is him negotiating over the phone. <laughs> that sounds enthralling. <laughs> it um, seems like it was most of the movie. It dragged. I just kept waiting for it to get good. It just never happened. I haven't listened to the podcast yet. It came out today. I'll probably listen to that later. There you go. I watched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Nice. Is that the Gene Wilder? Yes, the only one. Okay. <laughs> I forget the which title is which. Willy Wonka is Gene Wilder. Charlie, Charlie is John Depp. Yes. John Depp. Figure, yeah. Figure that one out based on context right now. Hmm. We've all seen it. It's great. I like it. Please, do for nodding your heads, you've seen it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. I watch, I saw uh, one of the random uh, meme Instagram pages I follow. Condescending Wonka? No, no, we just... I do love the Condescending Wonka meme. And I left so hard when that part came up with the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there is one of the meme pages I follow. Um, I guess there's this new trend of memes where it's just screenshots of people's tweets. Mm-hmm. Like, funny tweets. And one of them was uh, the asterisk leaving the Chocolate Factory tour. Me, or my wife. There was a lot of death on that tour. Me. There was a lot of death on that tour. <laughs> like, where as soon as she starts talking, like, you just, like interject in, I think, is, like, the context. It's funny. Because it's about Willy Wonka and how he murdered, like, seven people on the course of that tour. All the kids are fine, technically. He used quote fingers. Fine. Yeah. Air quotes. Fine. They never see them again. Yeah. Well, they made... That, that's, what, that's something that they fixed in... Charlie. And Charlie. Yeah, well, you don't want to see him again. <laughs> I had no interest in seeing those kids again. Elongated and... Round and blue. Juicy. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong context. <laughs> For sure. Uh, then I went to the movie theater last Friday. I saw um, If Beale Street Could Talk. And? Got That's the one you went with. Got nominated for three awards. It's fine. It's good acting. It's based off a book. It's one of those... We're artsy, therefore we're good type movies. So you kind of have to be in the mood for it. It was okay. Okay. Beale Street's not in the movie. 
fuck, it doesn't take place on Bill Street at all. That's annoying. That's a shame. I guess the book's called Bill Street. And they mentioned, like, a quote for, uh, about jazz in the beginning. Jazz is not a major theme in the movie, <laughs> movie either, but it mentions Bill Street in the quote. But improvisation is important in the movie. Just like jazz, I've never seen the movie. There it is. Dave Franco's in the movie for about three and a half minutes. One scene. That's does he, it. Does he play like a lawyer? No. Okay. <laughs> he plays a... Uh, it's like a shot. A landlord? That seems more his wheelhouse. Sure. I can't know. help but think a landlord when I see Dave Franco. <laughs> Closer than a lawyer. <laughs> it's fair, actually. Yeah. yeah, so that was it. Dave Franco will perpetually be a, a college frat guy to me. He's, he's, he'll always be the little idiot kid from the Scrubs finale season. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah. It's that too. He's in super bad for one scene when they're playing soccer during gym class. Oh, that's right. He's the one that pisses his pants. We're down by two. It's soccer. <laughs> I don't remember that scene at all. Wow, I haven't seen super bad in a while. Hey, why don't you go p- piss your pants again? That, that was, was like sixth seventh. grade. <laughs> People don't forget. <laughs> right, I forgot that I said. Corey, what'd you watch? All right, uh, I got a couple things. I watched... Step in. Yeah, I got, um, so I started watching the new Netflix documentary, um, about the Ted Bundy tapes. Yeah, I started that. It's not great. I'm, I'm, like, I'm one of those guys that really likes the macabre and was really fascinated by serial killers. I'm not enthralled by this. Not enthralled by it. I'm in the middle of episode two. I'm in the middle of episode two as well. I've heard great things about it. And I'm just waiting. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm in the middle of episode two too. I turned it off around then. I was like, I... I'm on my phone most of the time. I'm not following what's going on the screen. That's... I'm, I'm on my I'm on my train ride home is when I'm watching it. Okay. So I can't be on my phone and watching it on my phone, unfortunately. One day you will be. Yeah, one day. Um So it's not it's not gripping but whatever. But it did it did um remind me of a really good um Carrie Yules or Elways? Which way are we saying it? I always said Elways. Okay. I thought it was Yules, but it doesn't matter. Anyways, he plays Ted Bundy in an old movie called The Riverman with, oh, who is that guy? It's familiar, is it somebody who's familiar? Is John Foyt. No. Took a shot. Do you know, um... Uh, Dave Franco. Zac Efron is playing Ted Bundy in a movie coming out this year that looks fantastic. Yeah, is that in Netflix or is that like a theatrical? Uh, theatrical. Is it theatrical? That's like top five for me for... Bruce Greenwood. Anticipated 2019 movies. I know that name very much. Yeah, if you saw his face, you would know him immediately. Saw that face. And wow. Yeah. Yep. Bruce... Uh, the, actually, uh, in the the guy Kepler that they keep interviewing... Yeah. That's who Bruce Greenwood plays in The Riverman. Okay. And Gary Ellis' uh, Ted Bundy. Um, and it's about Ted Bundy's help in catching the Green River Killer... And his eventual um, confession of like twenty some murders, like the week before he did he oh he he confessed before he was executed yeah right right before he was executed I guess that's gonna be the end of the Netflix series probably yeah you don't need to watch it now I mean if you know Ted Bun- the Ted Bundy story you know he's not my favorite like again this is a weird not my favorite series no not either. at all not barely he's one of the more famous ones but uh yeah he's, Wayne Williams more interesting Zodiac's more interesting Son of Sam is more interesting yeah. Dexter's um, more interesting. That's Berkowitz, right? David Berkowitz. The only one I know. Um, there's there's a number Ted of them. Ted Kaczynski's fucking Ted Kaczynski. He's not really a serial killer, though, right? Yeah, he is. He's a Unabomber. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, well, there's still... Oh, God. Um, shit, what's his name? 
Ed Kemper was really interesting. There's a lot of uh, BTK, Daniel something or another. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of really interesting ones, but that's not the point. So I watched that, and it, it got is, me... Sorry, it is always. Okay, it is always. <laughs> um, it got me really, it got me, it reminded me of this movie with Riverman, so I watched that one day. It's a good movie. Um, not super action-packed, because it's really just about investigation and, like, interview, but, you know, you get to kind of watch an interview with the serial killer, which I think is interesting. Uh, what else? And then I watched the Fire Festival documentary, the Netflix one. I have not gotten to watch the Hulu one yet. I will never watch the Hulu one. The Hulu one, the only reason I'm, I'm considering watching it uh, is because they actually got an interview with the guy in charge of the Fire Festival. So you he gets oh. to kind of defend himself. They like paid him to be there. Yeah. Which is crazy. Well, also, I just don't have Hulu. So that's why I'm never watching that. It's not like a principal thing. I'll never yeah. watch it. I'm just not watching it because I won't have Hulu. I'm fairly certain you'll, you'll get everything you need out of the Netflix one. But there are some... some you know, right after the Fire Festival stuff broke, I knew a, a bunch about it. I like looked into it and stuff. But the documentary's got some wild, wild information. If you've seen any of the memes, you would know. But at one point, me and my wife are watching it, and John Rule is on a conference call right after everybody got back from wherever the Fire Festival was supposed to be. And one of the guys in the conference room is sitting there and like, "Yeah, but." You don't understand, like, this is our entire livelihood, and we're guilty of fraud. And Jack Rule, like, like... It's not fraud. Yeah, he he <laughs> yeah. speaks up, he's like, nah, nah, son, it's not fraud. It's not fraud. If anything, it's false advertising. I already heard about this part, that's great. And I was like, and, and right afterwards, like, I'm sitting there, I'm always sitting next to me, and I'm tweeting, I'm like, watching this, watching this from now on, every time I don't do something my wife asks me to do, because I'm lazy or I forget... I'm going to tell her that I didn't commit fraud. I just committed false advertising. One of the guys who's like in charge of something with the festival, um, older gay man, was asked to suck dick to release like three trucks of Evian water for the festival. And he's just sitting there on camera telling us the story. And you're like, oh my, oh my God. It was so, everything you've read about it, it's worse than that. That's what this documentary. Oh man. This documentary taught me anything. It's that it was so much worse. Um, Can't wait. Yeah. Very interesting. Very, very interesting stuff. I'm reading up on it now. Yeah, the fire... Yeah. I just saw the picture of the sandwich. Yep, the cheese sandwich. <laughs> it's a 90-minute watch. So yeah, it's really not... It's really not a bad watch. Um, if you if you know nothing about the fire Festival, it might even be better. Like, if you have no, no like no knowledge going into it, it might be, be even better. That was me up until two minutes ago. Fair enough. I'm intrigued. Yeah, watch it. I feel like there was something else I was going to say. If I if it comes to me, I'll put it on the docket for next week's What Have I Been Watching. Uh, that's it for me, Joe. All right. Joe, what have you been watching? I watched three different movies. The first movie I watched was a movie we've already done for this, because my girlfriend wanted to see it for whatever reason. It was Bleed. How'd that go for you? All right. Oh, the guy I was still dumb. The guy I was thinking of from uh, the movie game that's Mm -hmm. in Ghost Rider. It was the guy that's also in Blade. Donald Luke. Uh, That's it. That's the person I thought of. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Sam Elliott. Uh, Oh, yeah. That was the other person I had. I had Sam Elliott though. And I don't really need to say much more about Blade. Go back and listen to our episode. Yeah, episode forty. No, it's not that high. I think it's episode twenty-seven. Double digits. 
I'm going 27. I'm going to go 18. Ooh. Stay tuned to find out who's right. Keep talking, Joe. Price is right or closest to the pen, Corey? I'm just going to look Price is right. That. So that would be you, right? Blade 17. Ooh. We both lose. <laughs> Way to suck, guys. <laughs> but if we played closest to the pen, you would win. So. Yeah. Well, we haven't it. done a Blade movie in like 120 episodes. Almost. <laughs> we have two more to do. It's true. Up. It, it does will, come up and you nix it immediately. It will next when week. When did we mention, oh, let's watch Blade 2 or Trinity. I did, and he shook your head no and made a gross face. When? <laughs> like, I don't remember that. Like twice. I guess that's my normal reaction. <laughs> that's his reaction to Blade movies. In <laughs> normal reaction to movie sequel doesn't really want to watch. Happens oh. <laughs> a lot. Get used to it. We've done 132 of these now. That was neither here nor there. I watched two other movies. My goal is to watch every movie that is nominated for Best Picture. If you weren't aware, I had three left to go, so I watched two of the three. I watched The Favorite and Roma. Ah, where do I start? (laughs) The Favorite is a well-shot movie. It's a well-made movie. It's not my kind of movie. I found it boring and really gross. Okay. I don't know if I found it gross. There's a lot of, like, vomiting and just... Ah, I don't know. There's a little vomiting. For some reason, for Best Picture, there's always a British movie set in the past Period where piece. someone gets poisoned. Always. What was it? Was there one last year? Yeah, Phantom Thread. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess it's a British it's, movie. It's this year's Phantom Thread. Wow. I like this a hell of a lot more than I like Oh, Phantom so did Thread. I. I'm just, But it's closest to Phantom Thread from last year. But I didn't expect the... Uh, this was watchable the for me. homosexuality... Neither did I. <laughs> and I saw the scene where I thought the queen was blind from the trailer because she's sitting there saying, "I couldn't see," and she's not looking at anything. So yeah, I was like, but no, I get it. Also, in the trailer, I saw was the movie. The, was the, Look she at could... me! How dare you? <laughs> Maybe she's just like Daredevil. <laughs> I didn't know at the it time. Would have been more interesting. It w- would have been. She's nominated for uh, best, best actress. actress. Yeah. Aren't they both nominated for best supporting actress? Yeah, they're probably gonna cancel each other out probably split the vote so that's fine it's not my it's not my bag but I can if it's yours all the more power to you it's fine I'm not buying it no I'm definitely not buying it I'm never watching it again and obviously the other one I watched already I said was Roma Roma is a really really good movie but it's so depressing it's incredibly depressing I watch this movie like it's it's very well done and I I was kept entertained and interested through it it's probably going to win it's the Vegas odds favorite right now I don't know if it's going to win I, I think it's going to win it could it wouldn't surprise me if it won I, I just is it I don't foreign? want it to in all honesty I don't really want it to either is it foreign yeah yes it's a Spanish movie it reminds me Netflix. it's not the is same is it on Netflix yeah it's made pretty much for, for Netflix, Netflix. Yeah. then it got a theatrical release to like kind of for those voters that are like, no, they didn't get theatrical release, they kind of... I wouldn't have imagined that. It's a very limited release. No, well, it's going to get a wide release now. A lot of the theaters do that uh, Best Picture weekend. Oh, they do one weekend? Because I haven't yeah. seen it advertised anywhere. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be at Lowe's uh, next weekend. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's going to win. I don't want it to win, but I think it's going to win. I wouldn't be mad if it won. I wouldn't be mad if it won either. Like, it's good enough where I understand... It's, uh, it reminds me of the year... You remember the movie The Artist? 
I remember hearing about it. I've never watched it. It was the silent film that won. Yeah, silent and black and white, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a... Rob Moneyball. Was it the same year as Moneyball? I, th- I think. I don't think so. I thought it was. Doesn't matter. It, it feel, it's, it's, I don't want to... Again, I think that, like uh, the director um, had like took a lot of his life and put it into the movie. So he says, or from what I've been reading, I don't know how much of it he did, but it feels gimmicky. It's a black and white foreign film to me. Like I just, I hope it. I don't want it to win, but if it d- does, I, I understand. But I'm one of the few that still loves the Academy Awards, and. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting it. If some reads the wrong envelope again this year, that'd be pretty cool. It's the wrong envelope. <laughs> that's what happened last time. Two years Two ago? Two years ago, yeah. that's right. Also, if you're going to watch Roma, I'm going to warn you because nobody warned me. Oh, so, yeah. There's a long shot of Don in this movie. <laughs> when I saw it, when I saw the scene, the first thought I had was, I didn't expect to see this much Dong today. <laughs> My second thought was, easy, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's an inappropriate line for that movie that's that's the first thing I thought when he was doing his karate I'm like yeah easy buddy so appropriate that kid's an asshole yeah he's the worst yeah he's the worst person yeah alright good you're just gonna agree with me no I mean <laughs> no I thought <laughs> you're gonna go yeah again no it's uh Roma's something definitely it's see something it. I still have Black Klansman to go. I'm going to have that ready for next week. I think that's going to be... That's why I saved it for last, because of the three, I knew I was probably going to like that one most. See, it's going to... You have the same dilemma I have with the ranking of Black Panther. I like Black Panther a lot. It's 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 awesome. It made my top five comic book movie for the year. But, like, it's like, does it transcend the genre as well as The Dark Knight did or as well as um, it's tough. Winter Soldier did? I don't know. I don't think it does. It is tough. It's going to be at least top three for me. And that's also came out, what, February of last year? March? That has no bearing on it for me. It was February. Uh, recency bias is a very real thing for everybody, whether they admit it or not. <laughs> Never. <laughs> and that's what we've been watching. Let's do the movie facts for Polar. Which, I'm sure we mentioned already, but Polar is a movie made for Netflix. Released on Netflix, like, this past Friday. So, check it out. Which is 2019 this year. By the way, I said 2018 for Glass. I'm an idiot, and I'm sorry. <laughs> we got a special one-year preview. Whoops. Polar is one hour and 58 minutes long. Its director's name is, I'm going to say this the American way, and probably have it be wrong, Jonas Ackerlund. It stars Mads Mikkelsen, Vanessa Hudgens, Catherine Winnick, Matt Lucas, Josh Crudis, Ruby O'Fee, Anthony Grant... Robert Milet, Melier, I don't know, and Faye Wren. Budget is a question mark. Gross doesn't apply because it didn't have a theatrical release. We got kind of limited scores. I mean, no, no, they're kind of limited. Rotten Tomatoes coming in with 27 reviews at a 19%. Certified, those guys are accurate. <laughs> What's the audience score? The audience doesn't have a score yet. Good. Not enough reviews. <laughs> Which I'm surprised. Well, what, it came out last Friday? Yeah. Yeah, I give it a week. They were putting ads for it during the, the playoff games. Yeah. So I'm just surprised. But it doesn't matter. 
IMDb, 6.4 out of 10. They never met a movie they didn't like over at IMDb. That's <laughs> true. Nothing's below like a f- 6, really. Uh, Metacritic with an 18 and a user score of 7.0. Okay. Yep. It's based on a graphic novel or a comic series of the same name, which is Polar. And those are the movie facts, so let's give you our general spoiler-free thoughts, starting with Corey. This movie is not very good. Uh, it has an uncomfortable amount of sex in it, considering the content matter that we're following. And um, it does have a lot of sex in it. It just has <laughs> some sex is fine, but like I turned this on in the living room with my wife and. Her parents, and like 25 Ooh. minutes in, I was like, this was a mistake. This is not what I wanted to do. Um, I can think of like one, maybe two redeeming moments in this entire movie. So for a two hour long movie, that's a bit problematic for me. Yeah, this movie's not rated, but if it was, it would be hard X, R. Hard R. At least. Sequel, what'd you think? This movie sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's. Bad. I had a feeling. The premise is kind of interesting, though. And they do introduce characters I would have loved to get more of and found out more about them and their story. But, no, they stick with some bullshit. (laughs) I didn't like it whatsoever. It's very vulgar. And it's vulgar for vulgar's sake. Like, there's no point to it. Um, Disgusting at certain parts. Didn't care for a couple scenes in particular. And, uh, yeah, I'm never watching it again. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I'm super pumped that they decided to make Solid Snake the Assassin Years movie. Because that's exactly what he looks like at the end of this. But, you know, this movie's really, really stupid. Yeah. It's excessively vulgar and violent to the point where it's not even entertaining. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's like the stereotypical... Hitman Company movie where they introduce all the zany characters, but none of them are worth giving a crap about. It's not very good. No. At all. Mm-mm. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> Gets better early tonight. So from here on out, we're going to be spoiling the movie Polar. And you've been warned, you can check it out on Netflix if you want to go in fresh before listening to the rest of our review. I know Corey usually starts. But I want to start by asking Sequel what you thought of the gore in this movie. Because I know this is a thing that you really don't like. No! It's... Watching it, I was like, Sequel's going to have a bad time. Yeah. Especially when they go right for his nips earlier, like the first thing. Yeah. I felt that, man. I hurt. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about during the torture scene? Yeah. Okay. See, the, the only thing that got me really bad was uh, the assassination in the hotel when he shoots his ball bag with the... Yeah. That was... The nail gun. Again, yeah, that's... That was... I felt that one. I was like, oh! That's not the greatest, but like... At least you didn't see... Yeah. Testicular fluid flying out or anything. That would have been awful. Oh, yeah. Testicular fluid. <laughs> I, would, I would have considered shutting it off. Yeah, that was fair. Uh, yeah, this was... Um, I, I think that the, the, gore this, the gore of this movie is over the top, and if it is based on graphic... No- like, there are some graphic novels where the gore is over the top, so like, it might just kind of be following that thread. I've never read Polar. Yeah, it might fit the source material. So, maybe. But but does that redeem it? No, well, I'm not saying it does. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it does. I want... Means. Seriously, if there's someone out there who's a diehard Polar fan, tell me if they got it right. Yeah. 
I'm very curious. And maybe I'll buy it. I mean... I have no... Just, just Google some panels. Yeah, that's also a good point. Yes. So, that being said, like... Shit, what was my point here? Sorry. No, it's okay. Gore. Oh, but yeah. Thank you. Um, but it, it was some of the crudeness in it. So, like, the opening scene with Johnny Knoxville, which... How did that not get onto your starring things? Because he's in... I only... Yeah, there are two fun. big names that are only in one scene each. He's one of the characters I would have liked to know more about. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> but, like, there's, like... And, and this is, like, what, maybe three to five minutes into the movie? He gets shot with a massive erection, and then as they fly away, you actually... They, like... It is what the shot is of, and you just see it go flaccid because he's dead and the blood's rushing. I actually like, thought that was kind of clever because all the blood's leaving his body. Like, I got that, and I was like, okay, maybe this movie isn't going to be complete garbage. Yeah, but that's the problem. Like, it was. In the moment, yeah. I didn't hate it, but by the end of it, I was like, this makes that so much worse. It's like, they wanted to add a little bit of comic relief in the first three minutes before I needed any comic relief. It's about the only comic relief, really. Uh, uh, no. It, 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 this movie toes the line tone-wise with between silly and serious. and It does a poor job of it. Yeah, that's a lot of it feels out of place. There's It's very tropey. It is super mm-hmm. tropey. I'm getting really sick of the, the elaborate font on screen to introduce a character's name can't stand it anymore. I didn't remember any of their names, so it served no purpose. Exactly. <laughs> the only one I can remember is Cindy. Did, 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 um, the sex pot is, is named Cindy with S. Yes. yes. Sin. But did, Correct. um, uh, Junkie Jane, was that her? Junkie name? Jane. Junkie did, Jane. Did, did she get a, no. She didn't get one, right? But I remember her name. <laughs> well, who forgets Junkie Jane? Well, that's an alliteration. That's a, that's a new mnemonic device to help you remember her name. I want to say that the Asian girl's name was, um, was like Jade or something like that, wasn't it? I don't think so. Matter. It also doesn't matter. It doesn't. So, and that's, that was a little, that's a little confusing to me too. I thought initially. The movie was going to be about them. Was going okay, yeah, it was going to be about them. Which didn't make any sense for like the picture that they showed you on Netflix. Which Where's is Nicholson? Guy. And then it turns out not to be. I'm like, that's, they, they're doing this a little backwards here. Now, you did mention, I believe it was Siegel, you just mentioned something about the plot. There's an interesting concept in there. Mm-hmm. Right? Where you work for an assassination company, and in order for them to not have to pay out your pension, well, they it's, send it's assassin- forced retirement yeah, it's a, at 50. It's a forced retirement? Age. Yeah. And good luck getting there. I kind of like that idea. That, yeah. That idea. And I don't, and I even like the idea of, oh, we have to pay out these massive pensions, which is kind of funny because it's almost as if it's like a legit organization right. that has like pensions and stuff. But in order to not pay it out, they have to kill them before 50. Mm hmm. Or like, and the only, and then it, even then, like they would have to name a next of kin. So if they're dead at fifty, then they don't pay it out. I think that's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. It is, but I don't feel like they utilize that storyline very well at the end of the day. Well, I don't know how much you can do with that storyline. That's just the basic premise. Yes, like they did about all they could with that. You're right, but okay, that's fair. But at the same time, then the movie. When the movie finally starts to pick up steam, that plot, like, that plot thread is done. The plot thread is over, and now it's a, like, the main bad guy is on a revenge tear. Okay, so the plot device I liked the best in this would be Vanessa Hudgens' 
role and everything, the reveal at the end. Yes. That was totally foreshadowed and you could see coming a mile away. But that's the story I... Again, this movie sets up well for a sequel. It does. Yes. Whether we want one or not. That's the story I wanted. (laughs) So, I knew that she was involved. Like, she was going to play a role. I didn't think it was going to be that. So for me, I was like, oh man, he's going to do all of this shit and she's going to end up being like the ace in the hole that he has. Ace in the hole assassin? Yeah, ace in the hole assassin. Okay. But it, the way that they did it's better. The way that they did it is definitely better. Well, like, he keeps having that random flashback to, and it, to like, something gone wrong. So I'm like, all right, he's going to open up this car, uh, the, the back of this car and... Um, there's someone's in there alive because he, he had a struggle to open the door, yep. right? So I'm like, all right, it's got to be a family member or something. So uh, you just figure. But does a nine-year-old girl they, really hold that door closed against? Not for very long. Not for very long. It, was, it looked like he kept having to do it. Like he let it go because he couldn't do it and then tried again to pry it open. And again, that's just him, his hallucination. He also sees the that, future so. in them. Yes. Sort of. Right? He sees himself with one eye, with like the eye patch or oh, whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a really stupid thing mm. in a really stupid movie. Yeah. yeah, and being that they give no background until that mo- reveal of her character. Yeah, they give her the, they have her tell the story with like she's Santa's helper or something. Yeah. Which was apparently just a complete lie mm-hmm. and meant nothing. Because I was like, oh, so the boss man's going to have been like Santa's. Santa, and I was like, okay, this is going to work out well, because she's going to get closure, and he's going to kill the the evil fuck. Nope. I'm glad she wasn't the love interest. That would have been weird. would have been really weird. I, thought, I kind of felt like she wasn't the love interest. They were friends, good friends. Yeah, there's no romantic involvement at all. No. I guess. I, I felt like that's what they were... Then again, she's the same to. age as Cindy, and there was definitely... Some uh, that actually, action. So that's what that's what threw me off because I thought that's what they were leading to was like them like starting to like have like a love interest. Granted, obviously, well, she you thought ne- she was gonna like walk by the window and see her yeah. pressed up against it. Yeah, like, like like she's like right across the lake. I was, I was like, expecting gonna... that that to happen too. Yeah, but even that like was a, a little. It's a little strange that a guy who's that careful burning SIM cards after thirty seconds on the phone every like the guy must. Just order them in bulk from fucking China. I buy the fact that he's like the man when it comes to assassins, though. Like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's plausible. but like that. But like, it just doesn't see the way that this man is and how paranoid he is to let some random stranger into his house, and then to let his guard down to just start fucking her senseless all over the fucking cabin. So the thing is, did he exactly did he, what he, the whole, did he know the yeah. whole time? He just wanted to get some on the side. He knew he, totally what he was doing. Because he takes them all out. <laughs> he does take them all out. And he figures she's here already. I know what she's here to do. Let's go with it. Uh, I, I thought it was still... Time to roll with Because <laughs> how does... He's getting it for free this time. Yeah, that's true. How does he, he, how does he make him miss the shot? That's what I don't remember. He she's, picks her up. He picks her up. She's felishing him. Yes, wow. I know that part. <laughs> Good word. Yeah, I know that. Oh, I think that's what it was for me. It was because it looked like he's actually shocked like when the bullet... Flies through her. Nah, man, he's ready. He's <laughs> yeah, no, that that was a calculated yeah. move. I'm like the fact that he timed it perfectly is ridiculous, but <laughs> if it fits though, the um, it's like he heard the barrel go off. If it fits where we are at that point, yeah, so it's yeah. like it's okay. 
In a movie this ridiculous, I'm willing to yeah. overlook it, but I was just like, that doesn't fly in a realistic movie. Can we talk for a second about how sure. the Damocles organization has this team of hitmen solely to take out other hitmen because they don't know any of the hitmen. None of the hitmen recognize them. Yeah. Cindy's able to seduce Johnny Knoxville and, well, allegedly, Mads Mikkelsen, whatever the hell is, Duncan. 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 Without them knowing, because they've never met. Yep. So... That's the full purpose of this team that he pays, like, seven salaries to do. He's worried about the liabilities of the company. Maybe just don't have this team. Maybe just pay out the fucking pensions. How much? And, like, that's one of those things. What's their income? It's got to be high. I don't know. He's really rich. Look at his house. Look at his house. Look at the things that he's collecting. Look at his industrial bottle of cream. Yeah. That's so creepy. With his favorite sword. And then, like, every other time he gets mad, he's got, like, a different medieval weapon in his hand that he's breaking shit in his office with. But, like, in, like, these type of movies, you don't ever want to be, like, yeah, this is an, this is an obvious moment where you just walk away. But there were, like, two or three different times where, the where like, his second, like, his, like, lead assistant or whatever, whatever her name was. Vivian? Was Vivian, maybe, I guess. The one that makes the phone calls? The ones that makes the phone calls. Most interesting character in the movie. Yes. Yeah. And, and she keep being like, you made it personal, pay him the fucking money and cut your losses. And then he does it, I'm like, no, seriously, man, you should really just cut your losses here. Because then even after he tortures him for three straight days and escapes, he still, like, sends people in after him. And she's like, bro, it's, like, over now, can we just... Cut the losses? Why don't we just get... He wants the girl back. He wants to trade his life for the girls. Do it. Yeah. No. Why? Why not? What good is keeping this girl? And why did you make her get hooked on the fucking... Heroin? Heroin. To ruin something that he cared about. I guess, but Jesus Christ. Because evil for evil's sake. Didn't care for that. Also, he... Probably my least favorite scene in the movie. Also, he lets Vivian live. Like, she doesn't... He doesn't kill her. He shoots her, but, like... Oh, he leaves just, her... He kind of just leaves her for dead, but she's not, like, super wounded enough. <clears throat> with the wounds that he recovered from... Yeah. I'm not convinced that she she's doesn't... She'll be in Polar well, there you go. There's Polar 2. God, I hope they the don't make a second <laughs> Polar 2. I'd watch that I like over Vivian. this again. There's a lot of interesting characters that we don't get anything backstory on. Yeah. I liked her. I liked Johnny Knoxville's character. I thought he would be really interesting going forward. The old man that poisons Duncan. Richard Dreyfus. Was that Richard Dreyfus? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Of all the people in this room, I thought for sure a sequel was going to pop on there. I was so checked out at That's that fair. <laughs> My wife literally looked at me and she's like, you know who that is, right? I'm like, I don't care about this movie anymore, Pam. Like, I, same thing. I was just like, I'm in this because I have to finish it. She's like, that's Richard Dreyfus. I'm like... All right, I'll, ba- I'll be back, back in. in. I'll be back in for this scene. We'll see what happens here. They got a real Jeez. actor. Well, Matt Mickelson's a real actor. Richard, wow. So is Vanessa Hudgens. That's true. Yeah, I guess. She was okay in this. It was fine. She didn't get to do much. She didn't get to do much. She plays a really weird character, but she's uh, convincing at it. I'm going to tell you my favorite part. And it's uh, my favorite part is because it's something I realized after the movie. Okay. When they're sitting down at the diner or the coffee shop, whatever it is, and she goes, It's funny that we're neighbors. And it's, at the time, I'm like, wow, what an awkward thing to oh, say yeah. to this guy. I'm like, it actually, it is looking funny. back, it's really funny that they're neighbors. <laughs> Why? 
Because he killed her family. family. <laughs> oh, I thought that... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I get that, but I thought that she specifically became his neighbor. I think she lived there first. Oh, wow. Yes, and she, but she's collecting the money from that bank. I knew that part. Yeah. Okay, I get it now. All right. So it is funny that they're neighbors. So that yeah. throwaway line that I yeah. found really weird initially turned out to be my favorite moment of this movie. I don't think, like, a lot, a lot of her performances, like, a lot of, like... So you think that she's just a nervous Nelly or, like, just scared all the time? And this? Well, she's very gun-shy, I guess. But, like, so... She's ready to, like, freak out at the timid. drop of a hat. Yeah, she's... And after she's going through shaky. the trauma that she went through, I, if a loud noise happened behind me, I'd freak out, too. Oh, yeah. I understand that, but, I, but by the time all of the pieces fell into place, I'm like... Maybe this isn't just the way she... Maybe she is a little timid. Maybe she is a little, like, jumpy. But maybe, like, this level of, like, knocking something over, picking it back up, trying to play it cool, and then knocking it over again is simply because you're in the same room with the guy that killed your family. And your awkward conversation in the diner is because you're you're talking to the guy who killed your family. And then that moment when she's shaking because she can't pull the trigger on the gun, it's not that she can't pull the trigger on the gun... Is that she's doing everything in her power not to turn and blow his brains out in that moment. She gets ample opportunity, which is also weird. And, and initially, and when you first see her freak out from her loud noise, she has no idea he's in the room. So, that would be the door of the shop. The door slams when she's at the counter and her back's to everything, and then she freaks out. I just assume that she saw him walk in because she was in the store before he walks in. No, she she can back. smell him. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. Interesting theory, though, but... She's just, uh... She's jumpy. Yeah. I think my favorite part of the movie, not that we're necessarily done talking about it, but it's the two redeeming... So there were the two moments of redeeming quality that I talked about in the open. So the Punisher-like sequence when he's walking down after he escapes... And he's the just, hallway fight? Yeah, the hallway fight. Is it over the top and ridiculous for an old man who's been tortured for that long to be able yes. to do it? Yes. But I thought it was a perfectly fine action sequence. I just enjoy those type of moments where, like, badass assassin type guys are just ripping through guy after guy after guy. It's one of the reasons I love The Punisher. It's pretty decent, and it's not needlessly gory like a lot of the movies. Yeah. It just was really difficult to gauge his pain tolerance at that point because he almost passes out from pain in the following scene, Mm -hmm. but he handled himself like a champ while getting tortured and fighting through all those guys. It just, that's, that's... Well, adrenaline Mm. is going to take you through the beginning of it, and then it wears off, because you see him hobbling, barely moving down that hallway. Yeah. And then the tech that he gets when he's taking, when he essentially has to take out the army, the tech gloves... That's the part in the preview, because then you texted, said, hey, we could do, we could do Polar. That's the part that, like, vividly, like... I don't remember that being in the preview. I don't remember being in the preview. I saw the lasers coming out of his fingers, and I was like, this looks really weird. <laughs> so, yeah, the minute, like, you see him, like, test the glove and, like, move back and forth, like, move up and down or left or right or whatever, and the gun do, do it. And then you see how it, like, all works, like, when you I think I wasn't it. paying I was like, attention cool. to him testing the gloves out, like, at all, because... I was surprised when the... I mean, I knew the guns were going to come out of the car somehow, but I didn't realize he was going to conduct them like a symphony. Yeah. The... With lasers. <laughs> the person that hooked them up with the tech? Mm-hmm. Incredibly interesting. Yeah, yeah again. <laughs> I don't even know if we get a name. Moment. I don't think so either. 
And then, like, that, and then the last line, the last line that she has, thought you would come back for me. Turns out it was just the gun. Closes the door. I'm like, all right, there Let's it is. There's go a, with this. Let's... There's another storyline that you're just not giving us. It's the prequel. It's funny because, like, this movie's fairly reminiscent to John Wick. Yes. Well, my, it's, my it's father-in-law like, said yeah. essentially the same thing. It tried to be John Wick, but much less... John because Wick well. encounters one-offs with a bunch of people that could potentially be very interesting in this universe, but John Wick's executed in a, in a great way, and Polar is... This is clumsy. Poor. Well, the so thing is... You don't mind it in John Wick. This, this I had a... Since the main story is so freaking off-putting. <laughs> the, the other thing, too, is with John Wick, like, John Wick as the character is enticing enough where I don't feel the need to be like, alright, well give me more of the side guy. Yeah, it could be, but I don't need it. Where this, every time a side guy came up that was like interesting, I'm like, okay, give me more of that. I think the side Just to get me away from this main storyline that we're following. Are so interesting. I'd go on opening night to see a John Wick movie without John Wick in it. It's just the universe. Yeah, that's, that'd, no, that'd I get it. really cool. Yeah. I don't disagree. I don't think I'd go opening night, but I'd definitely see it. John Wick. Without. John, John Wick. Wick. Minus the wick. John Wick, no candle. I got nothing else. John Wickless? John Wick, 86. Oh, I like that. That's good. That's close. It could be set in 1986. Exactly. It could be 86 the wick. Oh my god. Yes. You're welcome, guys. So many levels. It should be set in 1986. Yeah, I think it should be. We have the technology to de-age people a little bit here and there and make it look efficient. Just take Keanu from Bill and Ted. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so crates. It was the time Rufus taught him how to kill someone. <laughs> With the guitar that's a shotgun. His jean jacket was bulletproof. Seagull's shaking his head, that means we have to stop. No, I was thinking about how much <laughs> this would have been appealing. Would be the polar. Well, yeah. No one's disagreeing. So them tracking... Like, the, the elite A-squad that kills assassins. Them tracking down... like Their the first, road trip across the country. Their road trip across the country. And I think that might be one of the things that made me start to really lose it. It's in really movie. awful. It's really awful, and it takes up a huge swath of time. Like, it's not like they do, like, two of them, and you kind of get the gist of it. They do all four. They do all fucking four, and we have to see them in all four. We have to see them killing people in all four. They're increasingly stupid. And the one guy who's in some major metropolitan city, I don't remember which one it is, and he's like, the dude's a, I guess a porn video maker, like an amateur. Oh, the first one? Yeah. Miami. No, that's Miami. So Cindy, obviously being the sex pot of the group, poses as, I guess, somebody to go in and take this video. Poses as the same character she poses as every single single time she didn't really pose as anything she just was herself and that's what her job is and the guy like hits her and then she gets like the like it it, like that hit like affected her more than seemed reasonable like you're an assassin getting hit is going to happen in your line of work like why are you getting so mad that this guy hit you yeah she took that one personal yeah she took that one real personal and then she's, like, completely back to kind of just being a crazy, ditzy girl the entire rest of the movie. I'm like, this is weird. A weird moment. I hated when they killed the fat guy. That was so excessively awful and disgusting. This is bad. 
They're assassins. They know how to aim. Shoot him in the fucking head. Uh, they were just choking him with a towel for a while. It was a bit that just didn't need to... It didn't land at all. It's not funny. It, just, it was... You know what that bit gross. reminds me of? Every time anybody does anything remotely close to that, it reminds me of the first scene in Pulp Fiction. When, after the guy comes out with the fucking hand cannon... Isn't the first scene in Pulp Fiction the diner scene? Yes, that is the very first scene. So the first clip of main character, like actual main characters that we're following in the movie, is when Vince and um, Julian, Julius, was it Jules? Jules, Jules, just Jules. They're the the burger scene. They go up to the Kahuna burger. The Kahuna burger. So when the guy comes out with the hand cannon and misses, and they both just kind of wait for a second, look at each other, and then turn and just unload on the guy. Mm-hmm. That that's what that. Every time I see anything like that, where like a whole bunch of people like bring up their guns and just shoot at the same thing incessantly, that's that's what I say. Whereas Pulp Fiction does it artistically and wonderful. These guys did not. Correct. Agreed. But I just I'm just the whole point of me saying that was because I always feel that they're anytime somebody does it is like they're copying that moment. Tarantino like ca- like captured lightning in a bottle and that's in that moment and everybody's trying to duplicate it and they can't. Did you say what you hated the most? I did. I'm trying to think of it. <laughs> you didn't hate it that much. No, there's a lot. I picked one earlier. Uh, I said my favorite was that throwaway line that turned out not to be a throwaway line. Everybody just rewind the episode. <laughs> Tell us what sequel said. No, I just want to make sure that he didn't still have to say it. No, I, I, I covered it. Whatever it was. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. I didn't give either yet. I think we have to touch on him trying to be retired. Like that was his life, just fronting a movie every day, just sitting in front a of movie, it. reading a book about the pet he brought home and that didn't shoot that day. That they ripped off from um, Boondock Saints, the cat. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> They were the dog off from John Wick. Yep. <laughs> that poor dog. It was like the first night home. Licking his boot. Just kind of kind of doing his thing. Rusty. He has a bad dream. And Rusty, just... no sudden moves, buddy. <laughs> Why is he sleeping with a gun in his hand? He's an, an assassin. assassin. Yeah. <laughs> you're right, Joe. You're right. You're right. That was the plan, though. Like, I'm going to go to this cabin. No one knows where I am. It just... He's well, going to live a simple right? life. He's going to go eat at the diner, go to the really crappy red box. So, like, I mean, for for all intents and purposes, right, like, he was doing the opposite of what Johnny Knoxville's assassin character did. Yeah. Correct. He was living a big, flashy life, huge, like, McMansion. Well, I understand wanting to go on, like, the run or hide out, because you don't want anyone to find you, because you've probably yeah. made a lot of enemies over the year. Or exactly. he, maybe he knows about the pension. Like, I'm I don't think he does. Yeah, I don't think he does. Maybe in his, in his warped mind, he goes, how come I can't talk to any of my assassin friends who've retired? They're all dead. <laughs> no one calls anymore. Oh, wait, I think it's because I keep changing my number on my SIM card. How is Richard Dreyfus still alive in this world? He, he retired. So he's I not th- a, he's not over 50? He's not collecting no, no, a he, pension? He, once, so, you, once you hit 50, once it's your 50th birthday and you retire, you get the pension. So they can't revert back to the company, so why so would they just, kill you? he just escaped. He just outlived And then they probably called him like, hey, do you want another million dollars? Poison this guy. Set him up. 
And he's like, yeah, I have no loyalty to no man. I kind of like Duncan, but I like money more. And then I'm going to drive this boat and find a big shark. Save this movie. I like the prostitute <laughs> from... Uh, she seems nice. She says she's nice. <laughs> she I thought she was going to be... I thought she was going to be more of a central figure in the movie as well. well. She just decides, oh, you kill people for money? Peace, we out. <laughs> I'm taking my son and going home. Yeah. Why'd you bring your son to the hotel in the first place he there? He told her to. Did he really? Yeah, he said, well, we'll put you up in a nice place to stay so you can get a good night's sleep away from the train. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm going to kill these people right outside your room, though. I'm also going to drill into the door to distract them, so we probably won't sleep through this. <laughs> or the murder. When someone's out of sleep, what the hell happened? Yeah. <laughs> you never even got to sleep. <laughs> they just left. They did. That's That's... Oh, that would be my least favorite part of the movie if there weren't so many other bad parts in this movie. Uh, there are so many other bad parts. Poor the kid. What did I say? He needs his eight hours. I have no idea what you said. I'm going to listen to this and be reminded of what you said. It wasn't, that doesn't help. It wasn't the torture scene. I'm surprised it wasn't the torture scene. I didn't like the torture scene, but again, at that point, I was out of it. <sighs> for me, for me, on the, my... Uh, my least favorite part of the movie is honestly the the assassin A squad. I really didn't like the heroine was my least that favorite. yes yes that that's a damn good one. Junkie Jane and Vanessa Hudgens' his name. I don't know. You know what the other the other part of that that scene that doesn't the other part of that that um, Camille. Sorry, it's okay. The part of that scene that's really problematic for me is that like this woman is known as Junkie Jane. Are you seriously going to sit here and tell me that she's going to take perfectly good heroin and just shoot it into somebody else's arm? Bullshit. A junkie gets that much heroin dropped in their lap, they're taking all of it. I'm guessing she had... Oh, she definitely used... Copious amounts. I'm sure she used amongst it. I just think that they're that selfish that they still wouldn't have done it. It just seems a little ridiculous. Maybe... They offered her enough money where she did a little druggy cost-benefit analysis. Possible. Where that money will buy way more heroin than the heroin we're putting into this poor little woman's body. Yeah, true. But yeah, I didn't like the assassination squad. Um, they, they like, said it the way that they started the movie, you thought that they were going to be way more important than they ultimately were. They get taken out halfway through the movie... It's just every scene that they're in, leading up to it, when they're checking out all the houses, I'm just like, I don't care. I have no interest in this. We get it. He's not in any of the four houses that he has on file. Clearly, amazing. Yeah, right. Like shocking. Go this, figure. This guy burns SIM cards after a thirty-second phone call. You really think he's gonna give his accountant? Rips them in fucking, half. He literally melts one on the stove at one point. He takes one out and just melts it on the stove. Oh, wait, nope, that's the Punisher. Never mind. That happened in the Punisher last week. Sorry, guys. Mixing up my good and bad things I watch on Netflix, apparently. I keep forgetting the Punisher's a show, because every time you say how much you like the Punisher, I keep thinking of the movie. I'm like, because I don't watch the show, so I'm like, well, why do you like that so much? <laughs> I think that might be the good Punisher movie. I've never seen the other two. I haven't seen the other ones. I, don't, I think it's like Fantastic Four, where there is no good one. Well, by comparison, that's the good one. <sighs> it's like the good versus the bad Denny's. They're still Denny's. Yeah, there's only one by me, so... 
It's the same. <laughs> the dead baddies is the best. <laughs> Shut up, sequel. Long story short, <laughs> sequel. Rob Bernthal plays a fantastic Frank Castle. His name is John. Yeah. John Bernthal. What did I say, Rob? I think so. Uh, John Bernthal. So my favorite, at least favorite parts of the polar. <laughs> why not? Well, I was thinking of that Family Guy. We're like, we get two Shonies, so we could be like, let's not go to that one. Let's go to the good one. <laughs> I think it was Denny's. It says Shonies. It was a Shonies. Yeah. Going on YouTube, not right now. So anyway, my favorite and least favorite parts of Polar. My, don't Google it now, guys. I'm not googling <laughs> it now. I totally am. What's your favorite part of Polar? Ah. My favorite part is Duncan teaching the class. Oh my god, I forgot about that too. That's, <laughs> that's so awkward and terrible. It's hysterical. The way that he acts. The way that the woman in the back is not objecting to this. Like, <laughs> she looks uncomfortable, but she's not willing to stop this man showing the kids how deadly knives work. This knife is good for what? Slicing, not stabbing. Yes, slicing, not stabbing. Just the way he carries himself and talks to the class, I'm like, oh my god, he's actually good at this. They're asking him questions about the world. He is, he's been everywhere, but he has no worldly knowledge other than how people die in the country that he was in. How what do they do to dead? What do they do to dead bodies in India? They burn them. What do they wear in Africa? Summer clothes, lots of red. I fully expected one of the kids to like cut off their hand or something with the sharp knife. I kind of expected up. one of them to be harmed in the scene, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Well, when, like, he, like, does, like, the knife, the knife, um... Oh, on the kid? I think yeah. he'd be like, oops. Yeah, there's no little knife. I was like, ah! Okay. Alright, who has, who's ever seen a dead body that's been rotting in the sun for three weeks? Here you go, pass this around. <laughs> <laughs> Notice that you can't see his face anymore? He's pretty quick on his feet. With, like, oh, what do you do uh, if you work in funerals mostly? And you have to travel for that? People die when they go on vacation. I take care of it. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine being a hitman, you got to be good at improvisation. That's true. On the weekends, he's in a comedy group. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a suggestion from the audience? <laughs> Knives. Ooh, good one. <laughs> it's just him talking out of the side of his mouth. <laughs> I think I heard Knives. <laughs> Assassination again! Oh, assassination again! Nobody in the audience said that. Assassinations again it is. It's just an empty room of chairs. <laughs> this is 135. Players, are you ready? And my least favorite part of Polar is definitely the torture montage. Yep, fair. You had me at day one, no need to go into day two and three and four, however long that took. Breaking the tip of the knife is the most important. Him. Dumb. Most important part, though. Yeah, I guess. How does he escape if it doesn't happen, though? I think he willed it to happen. He made it break off inside himself. It's like, that's the thing. I almost, the more I if thought about possible. it. possible. It's like he stabbed and he twisted, like, just the right way that it, like. Could be. Like, snapped. Like, you, almost like half reaction, half hope that, like, it's a, it. He also called it a knife. It was definitely a fucking scalpel. That's not a knife. Not a fucking knife. That's a knife. That's a scalpel. Turned into Dundee. Yeah, right? What would have made... All these dumb things were coming up with would have made this movie better. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then, after the knife gets broken and he gets... The guy gets all pissy that he broke his favorite knife that's not a fucking knife, he stabs him in the eye and then we finally, after an hour and 15 minutes... 
20 minutes maybe of this long movie, we finally get what they show us on the cover, which is him with a goddamn eye patch. It's even longer after that because he escapes with just like a gross eye. Yeah. But eventually he gets, <laughs> but at least now we know why he has an eye patch in like yeah. the, like the cover. On what the would po- be on the poster, the, the poster, cover, whatever. Future flashbacks and yeah. future flash forwards things. So if you're scrolling on Netflix and you see a guy with an eye patch, don't expect him to have an eye patch most of the movie. All right, this isn't on task. Are we going to stone this movie? We should. I mean, we do every week, so we probably should. All right, this one. how do stones work, Joe? <laughs> that's a great question, Sequel. I'm glad you asked. Now that we're going to stone. The movie Polar, which is our rating, it goes from 1 to 6 Infinity Stones. 1 is the low end and 6 is the high end. And sequel, if you give it 6 stones, you can give it an Infinity Gauntlet. A what? <laughs> you know what that is. You were just talking about the movie, you lying bastard. So let's find out we're going to give Polar. Who wants to go first? One stone. Next. <laughs> that was sequel, for those of you keeping track at home. No, it's it's bad. It's a one stone movie. It's not good. I'll never watch it again. It wasn't appealing. It starts down good avenues with interesting people, and they just go away from it. It's vulgar. There's no point to the vulgarity. It's, it's like shock value. And if you do something over and over again, it becomes less and less shocking. Diminishing poor filmmaking. Returns. Poor acting. Poor story. One stone. Corey. Uh, I'm actually going to go just a touch higher because I think that they do... They have some some bare bones of what could have been really good. They just cho- made bad choices and went away from them. Um, and if it was a little less vulgar and a little less grotesque, it probably would go up even higher for me. Specifically that sex scene with Cindy... That's just too long and too much, and I don't need the fourth and fifth position. That's a Watchmen level long, although I'm pretty sure that might be longer than it Watchmen. It definitely was. It definitely, it's like the room level. Yeah. Well, the room collectively beats it. The room collectively beats it, <laughs> but like one sex scene in the room was about as long as that sex scene was. And it was a, equally as ridiculous. I prefer the room. Wow. Um... So much to break down. Well, don't we all? Don't we all prefer the room? (laughs) So this is going to get two stones from me. Uh, Like I could easily see giving it a one, but it does have a couple things I liked. So give it the benefit of the doubt. Give it two. I'm never watching it again, though. You're absolutely right. Absolutely, the sequel on that one. It is a really bad movie. It's it has redeeming features from a film standpoint. Like it's shot fine. I think the acting's decent. I don't think anyone's really overacting or underselling really badly. You don't think the main villain overacted? Okay, that guy sucks, <laughs> but sure. Yeah, but, but everyone else is pretty okay. You don't think Cindy was kind of a little to it to her part a touch? I mean, that could that's just the awful character they wrote for her. I don't know. I don't think her acting is bad. I think the writing of this movie is bad. So yeah, it's overly violent, overly graphic. It's does not portray females in a very good light. No. Except for Vivian and Vanessa Hudgens' character. Camille. Camille. They seem like okay people who actually have stuff to do. The other women in this movie, no. So, it's it's not... I could see how someone would find value in this movie if they really like action movies or if they're like a teenager 
this is the first movie they've ever seen. <laughs> Joe, what do you think she shot at the end of the movie? Because they did this stupid thing where she fires a gun and it goes to a different shot of a tree with birds flying out because of the noise. Oh, yeah. And then they go back to it and they're both just chilling on the porch like nothing happened. Where were they? The kitchen? Bedroom? Yeah, they were in the bedroom. Oh, the bedroom. She probably just shot the wall of the pillow. I hate that. Or she loaded it with blanks. Yeah, maybe there were blanks. Who knows? But anyway, so... I think I'm going to err on the Corey side here and give this movie two stones. It's not inherently without value, but it's very poorly executed, and I'm never watching it again. Yep. This movie is all... We've watched this during award season, so I've been watching some really great movies, and so, comparatively, this is just bad. This is the worst thing I've seen in a long, long time. That's fair. Yeah. I did watch Blade again. (laughs) (laughs) No, Blade is... Better. Miles better than this. Yes. I don't think you can measure better in distance, but I just did it, so fight me. You can. You absolutely can. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. Because you want to go home and go to sleep. Yeah. So let's wrap this up. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in to our review of Polar. If you, for some reason, will also watch Polar and want to let us know what you thought about it, send your thoughts in an email to zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Oh, you really jumped the gun on that one. <laughs> Trigger happy, this guy. You can also find us on Twitter, at ZTH Podcast. Uh, if you... What was I going to do here? Oh, if you have a dog named Rusty, take a picture of him and send it to us on Instagram, at ZTH Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast, or search for us on Facebook, Zero's Talking Heroes. If you've read the Polar Graphic Novel, right on our wall, tell us about it. Does it match the movie? Please, we want to know. I really want to know. Matt, do I really want to know? I don't know. I don't care. Don't, don't do it. Just take it all back. Do it. <laughs> Listen to the, only the first part of what Sequel said. What you should also do is go on iTunes or your podcast app, however you get the show. If you have the option to give us a rating, we'd appreciate five stars. And if you want to leave a review, we'll read it during an episode, like it was an email. It'll be fun. So we had some of those coming. Guess not. Guess not. Next time, we're going to... What? Shit, what do we decide on? Either Fantastic Four or Astro Boy. Well, it's the moment of truth, boy. <laughs> uh, what are we doing? Uh, Astro Boy's on Netflix. I don't know about Fantastic Four. Astro Boy? Astro Boy? Good. Fun, cool. Sure. Okay. Cool. So next time, we're going to be doing the movie Astro Boy. It's another obscure comic movie. Although it's less obscure than Polar. So tune in for that one. Should be interesting because I think none of us have seen it before. Nope. So we're all walking in blind. Just like this. So never mind. That movie came and went in theaters, too. I think I remember hearing, like, seeing it advertised once. Yeah, I remember the movie poster prominently featured. And then I think I had, like, an open weekend and that was it. Every time someone mentions Astro Boy, I keep thinking of Big Boy from Austin Powers. (laughs) I don't know why. Tune in next week for the answer to that question and many more. (laughs) (laughs) We're answering the big questions here on ZTH. Uh, and until then, I'm going to let you know that every movie out there is someone's favorite movie. Polar has to be someone's by default, somehow, someway. There's a bunch of 13-year-old boys who are just learning about the female body. and The female body and new curse words. And, and curse words. Silence. And they play Fortnite all the time, so gratuitous violence doesn't bother them that much. All this movie needed was a floss dance. It could be the first movie we've ever seen. <laughs> Potentially. Take care, everybody. Good night.